Hey everyone, and welcome to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I am your host, Kieran Lenahan. If you are new here, I just want to say welcome. I'm a business coach, and I'm here to give you the mindset and the strategy to help you serve more clients and bring in more revenue while improving your internal emotional experience of entrepreneurship, how you feel in the day-to-day of your business. And so that's what I do. I help entrepreneurs in three different ways. One is right here on the podcast. Another is through one-on-one coaching. And then the third way is in what's called the Oasis, which is group coaching and community for faith-driven entrepreneurs. Pumped about that. I talked about it in episode 66 and shared all the details. So if you didn't listen to that yet, I would definitely head back and listen. The Oasis will officially kick off with weekly coaching sessions the week of February 13th, and applications are currently open. The full details can be found at the link in the bio or at lenahancoaching.com slash oasis. Again, in episode 66, I answered some frequently asked questions like, who's it for? What's the time commitment? Why did I structure it the way that I did? And so I won't go into too much more detail here, but what I'll say is this, the Oasis is what I wish I had for the first three years of starting my own business. If I were to go back to day one in my business and do it all over again, I would join the Oasis as a participant. That's actually how I designed it. And so you will get direct coaching from me on your business every single week. You'll be in a community with other faith-driven entrepreneurs growing their businesses. And everything that we do and talk about will be filtered through the lens of the gospel. And so the Oasis is really meant to be an Oasis in a bunch of different ways. And one of the ways that I think about it, that I visualize it is, it's kind of like that feeling when it's storming outside, thunderstorms, really windy, heavy rain, and you take that first step into your house. It's meant to feel like that. It's meant to take what is made to seem complex, all the information out there about how to grow a business and how to thrive as a human and as an entrepreneur, and make that stuff simple. I've sifted through the information. I've put it into practice in my own life, in my own business, and I've applied it with my one-on-one clients for years. And then I've simplified and simplified that process. And so instead of turning it into a course that's kind of one size fits all or turning it into a group coaching program where you barely get to interact with me, in the Oasis, I get to specifically tailor that process and everything that I've learned in my own journey, everything I've learned with my clients And tailor that process to you and your business in your unique context in a really intimate setting. So you get my support directly every single week for as long as you're in the Oasis. So if you are the kind of person who is committed to showing up and doing the work, you will make more money, you will serve more people, and you will feel significantly less stressed than if you just tried to do this on your own. And so if that describes you, again, I would head to lenahancoaching.com slash oasis, which is linked in the show notes to learn more, to apply. Again, that's going to officially kick off the week of February 13th. Now, today we're going to dive into the episode bank for part one of one of the most popular series that I've done on this podcast. And this series in particular has two parts. It originally released about nine months ago. And it's really about timeless marketing principles and practices that underlie the best marketing. And so today you're going to hear part one, and then we will do part two of this series soon. Enjoy this episode, and as always, implement it. Put it into practice. (music) 
everybody. It's Kieran Lanahan here. Welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast for faith-driven entrepreneurs. I'm really pumped to have you here. Today, we are talking about the heartbeat of marketing and about how to take your marketing to the next level. Whether you market your business completely online or you go market yourself in person at networking events or whether you use print ads that you mail out to people's houses. Regardless of how you market your business, the principles that we will talk about today are going to apply across the board. Now, before diving in, I do want to tee up and kind of frame this conversation around marketing for us and remind us why this is important. Not just because how good you are at marketing affects the revenue that you generate. It's a lot bigger than that. This isn't just some business strategy thing or skill that has to do with business and nothing to do with your faith. I actually like to think about marketing as stewardship. Getting really good at marketing and doing it with excellence, it's not just this nice-to-have extra thing for us as faith-driven entrepreneurs. I think that if it's true that God gave you a set of talents and abilities and that you truly provide a service that helps people, that provides more value than you charge, to not market it effectively is almost a form of hiding your talents in the ground. As service-based entrepreneurs, I think becoming a great marketer is part of our call to steward our business well. Because if your service is good for humanity, you almost have this moral obligation to get really good at marketing it. Or maybe if a, a moral obligation feels a little bit heavy and legalistic, you have a call, you have an invitation to get really good at marketing it. If what you sell isn't good for people, don't sell it. But if it is, I think you're called to market it well. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Now, some good news to start us off. Becoming a great marketer, as far as I know or I've heard, has nothing to do with your DNA. There's no marketing gene that you either have or you don't. It's completely learnable. And it's something that you can do with excellence. So today, let's help you discover how your marketing can improve and then give you some tools to do that. So here's the agenda. First, I want to start off with just two prerequisites for applying today's content to your marketing. So two things that you want to be solid on before you actually take what we're going to talk about today and go and do something with it. Then we're going to talk about the most common mistake that I see people making in their marketing. And that's going to be drawn from when I think back to how I marketed when I first started out, wasn't the greatest the dozens of clients that I've helped improve their marketing to the point where they've got rosters full of ideal clients. And then there are just some examples that I'll pull from that I come across in the normal course of life. Like if I see billboards or TV commercials or ads on social media, and actually a fun fact, which I, I tend to pick up a lot of these as I prepare for these podcast episodes, the average person sees between four and 10,000 advertisements every day. Now, obviously, we probably don't pay attention to all of them. I certainly don't. But when I do see them, I am looking for patterns. I'm noticing what resonates with me when I see an ad. For products that I'm interested in, I ask myself, what is it about their marketing that I interact with that moves me closer to wanting something or to buying something? And so I'm going to take those, those three sources, my own experience, my client's experiences, and just my experience being a consumer, and I'm going to use that to inform a very common mistake I see people making in their marketing. So first, a couple prerequisites for applying today's content. 
then the mistake it's easy to make in your marketing. And then we're going to wrap up with some ideas to help you improve your marketing moving forward. First, very briefly, let's talk about the two prerequisites for applying this content to your marketing. The first one is this. You need to know who your ideal client is. And if you don't, I would suggest heading back to episodes 8, 9, and 10 to give you some help with that. Your marketing is built on the foundation of who it is you're talking to, right? If we don't know who your audience is, it's going to be really difficult to have effective marketing. Prerequisite number two, you want to have a solid belief in yourself and the value that you bring to the table. You want to have a sense of trust that you're cut out for this, that you're made for entrepreneurship. And you also want to have a strong belief in your offer that it's actually more valuable than what you charge for it, right? Because if you don't have either of those two things, it's going to be really difficult to get into the details of marketing and how to do that effectively when there isn't a foundational belief in yourself or the thing that you are selling. So for anyone listening who's a little bit earlier on, or maybe you just have a sense that you're still a little bit shaky on those things, I would also head back to episodes three and 22. Episode three talks about the mindset behind selling and marketing and how to how to actually come to love doing it. And then episode 22 talks about how to not be salesy. And that episode specifically about the context of a sales call, but it can apply to your marketing as well. Now, Let's transition and talk about where we're going to spend the bulk of our time, which is talking about this mistake that's really common, that's honestly really easy to make when it comes to marketing. And before I share what this mistake is, I do want to preface it and say, here's my guess of what's going to happen. Either I'm going to share it and you're going to be like, I don't get it and just want me to continue explaining, or you're going to hear it and you're going to say, seriously, that's it? That's kind of dumb. I'm a little disappointed that I listened up until now just so you could tell me that. Now, regardless of which camp you fall into, or maybe you're in either of those things, stick with me because I'm going to explain what I mean, and I think there's there's going to be a moment when it clicks, when you get it, and there's going to be a little bit of a light bulb moment, and my guess is that you'll start to get really curious and want to go and comb through your recent marketing and see how much of this might be showing up for you. Now, with that... Wouldn't it be cruel if I just ended the episode right there and, and led up to it and then didn't actually give you anything? But I won't do that to you. Here it is. The mistake that people make in their marketing is marketing things that people don't actually want. I'll say it again. Marketing things that people don't actually want. Again, there's a lot more depth to this than it might seem at first. So let me explain what I'm talking about. It can be really easy to unknowingly market things that people don't actually want. And I want to use my business just as an example. So here are a bunch of things that are 100% true about my business and about the services that I offer. So number one, the service that I offer is business and mindset coaching. Number two, One of the features of my service is that I meet with clients one-on-one every week for six months. And number three, also totally true, after clients finish working with me, two things that people commonly share is that they have a lot more self-awareness and that they believe in themselves a lot more. Now, all three of these things are 100% true. 
But at the end of the day, nobody is making a decision to invest in working with me primarily because of any of those three things. And so if I were out in the world primarily marketing those things, I would be marketing a bunch of stuff that people don't actually want. There's a Harvard Business School professor named Theodore Levitt that has a super famous quote that says, people don't want a quarter inch drill, they want a quarter inch hole. In other words, people don't care about the instrument, they don't necessarily care about like the drill itself, but what they want is the hole that the drill helps them create, right? That's the thing that they have a true need for and a true desire for is the the hole. And the drill just happens to be the, the product that they hire to get that job done. Here's the point that I'm making. My ideal clients don't want to buy business coaching. They don't want to buy weekly meetings for six months, and they don't primarily want to buy greater self-awareness. In the same way, your ideal clients don't actually want to buy your services. They just want a specific result. They want a specific problem solved. They want a different reality, a new reality. Now, think about your ideal clients. There are probably two to three key results that they want and that they value deeply and would be willing to invest money and time and effort to get. For example, my ideal clients want to grow and scale their businesses. They want to work fewer hours and operate on electricity instead of diesel fuel. Calling back to episode 24. They want their business to be an instrument of redemption in the world and to advance God's kingdom. Talked about that in episodes 12 and 17. And they want to become more like Jesus. Like those are key results that they deeply value and want and care about. Nobody wakes up one day and thinks to themselves, boy, you know what I want today? I want to invest thousands of dollars in hiring a business and mindset coach. Or how about this one? Hey, babe, you know what I'm really in the mood to invest thousands of dollars in today? I want to talk to somebody every week for six months. I just think that would be awesome. I'm just going to hop on Google and see where I can get that. Right? That's ridiculous. That is not something that happens. But people do wake up in the morning and think to themselves, man, I really want to figure out how to bring in the next client. Or I really want to stop working so many hours. This is killing my time with my family. Or I really want to get my business to the point where my spouse can decide to quit their job if they want to. Can't tell you how many times I've heard that one. Now, you can probably imagine how speaking to those things in my marketing might be more effective than posting on social media and saying, hey, everybody, if you want to talk to me every week for six months, let's do this. Set up a discovery call. Let's chat. It's going to be amazing. Now, I'm being a little flippant, and I'm calling out kind of an extreme uh, that you might not actually be doing. Obviously, I'm just trying to make a point. But now, let's walk through how I see this actually playing out in people's marketing all over the place. And so, there are three things that I see people emphasizing in their marketing that are not the specific end results that their ideal clients want and value and deeply desire. The first one is kind of selling the title of their position, of what they call themselves, or just selling the, what I'll call selling the service, right? So for me, selling business coaching. 
The second thing is selling the features of their service. So the knobs and buttons and the details. And then the third thing is selling, just using jargon and industry specific language that isn't necessarily aligned with how ideal clients talk. An important point that I want to make here, it's not necessarily that you can't or shouldn't ever talk about these three things. There's nothing wrong with sharing the details of your offer. It's just that you definitely don't want the bulk of your marketing and your content to be leaning on these things to bring in clients. The problem comes when you market these things as if they're the main course, the entree, when really they're just more like the optional side dishes, right? They're just kind of the details. Because these things on their own aren't typically going to be compelling enough to make somebody interested in hiring you. So let's zoom into each of these really quickly, and then we're going to give you a few tools for making some improvements to your marketing. So the first one, I see people pointing to their title or their degree or certification as one of the main reasons why people should hire you. I might even throw in like number of years of experience. I think this one I also tend to see. At its most basic level, marketing like this sounds like, hey, I'm a graphic designer or hey, I'm a certified professional coach. I see a lot of that in the coaching industry or hey, I'm an MBA from Booth or Wharton. So you should come and work with me. And I want to be clear, I recognize that there are differences based on industry and who your ideal client is. Like, for example, if you work with corporations in the coaching industry, some of them do, in fact, care about whether or not a coach has an ICF certification. Others of you just heard the acronym ICF and were like, what the heck is that? Which is exactly my point, because guess how many of my clients have ever asked or mentioned or said anything related to the fact that I am an ICF certified coach. Zero. One of the lessons or refrains that I hope you carry forward with you from this episode, and it's certainly related to some of what I talked about in episode 20 when we talked about the number of likes you get or the number of followers that you have. People don't care about these vanity metrics. They care about whether or not you can help them solve their problem and create the result that they want. So that's a couple of words just on title, degree, certification. So let's move on to the second way that this shows up. I see people spending a lot of time emphasizing the features of their offer in their marketing instead of the results that their clients get. And so this might look like spending a lot of time describing the exact details of how many times you meet with people, how long the meetings last, the client portal that they get, or any of the other nitty-gritty details of what this stuff looks like. And again, it's not bad or against the rules, or it's not that you just should never share these things. I just want to caution against these being like the meat being the main thing that your marketing leans on, because these ultimately are not going to be the reasons that people hire you, right? People aren't walking around thinking, I just want to hire somebody that will give me a client portal. That's just not a thing, right? So focus on the results itself. We're going to talk about that more. The third thing that I see, the third way that I see this playing out is just people using a lot of jargon and industry-specific language in their marketing that doesn't align with who their ideal clients are and how their ideal clients talk and think and interact with the world. So a couple examples. I see real estate agents speak about terms in their marketing that make 
no sense to me. And I like to think that I know a decent amount about the world of real estate. And I literally just went through the process of buying a house. And so if I'm confused, like I would imagine that others are too. I've seen graphic designers who market to business owners use very technical design language about their process and how they work when they're marketing to people who have zero design knowledge or experience. Hence the reason why they would want to hire a graphic designer in the first place. I see coaches, uh, big time market to non coaches talking about very like coach specific or even within different training schools using the language that's specific to that school, limiting beliefs, living your best life and other just very coachy terms that I think the average person who has not gone through a coaching program, just those words won't necessarily land. They're not going to resonate. They're not going to mean anything tangible to them. And the last thing I've seen churches market to people who don't follow Jesus using very Christian language. And when I see that, it's just like, ah, that's, that's not going to be the most inviting thing. That's not going to be the most helpful thing for people to see. Now, when it comes to your industry, when it comes to the water that you swim in, this can be a little bit tougher. Like admittedly, I am guilty of using Koji language. And to the best of my ability, I'm always trying to screen for that and filter that out and break down terms and make it very relatable and understandable. But for you, you just want to consider who is your ideal client what is the language that they use in normal everyday conversations? So those are three ways that I see people marketing things that aren't end results. So again, what's the point? There's a difference between selling people your services and selling people the results that they want. You want your marketing to primarily be about the things your ideal clients actually want and what they want is a specific result. They want a problem solved. They want a new reality. So when you think about the vast majority of your marketing, you want it to be showing or demonstrating the end results that your ideal clients want. So those three patterns, those are things that I've identified both in my own marketing, looking back at when I first started, as well as patterns that I've noticed just in my clients and their marketing and have helped them kind of screen for that stuff, filter that stuff out and hone and move their marketing forward. Now, I want to share a couple of examples just from normal everyday life of just me observing ads and interactions with people. Um, and then after I share those quickly, then we'll just transition and talk about how can you apply what we've just talked about to your marketing. So first example, think about commercials for airlines. They don't primarily sell you on the number of seats inside of the plane or how soft the seats are or how tall the ceiling is. Primarily, they're selling you on the ability to fly to 200 destinations safely. They sell you a safe and reliable way to get to point B. They're selling you the end result of being at point B. And if you think about the typical point B in a, an airline commercial, Right. It's typically some like tropical vacation destination. And it's like people walking on a beach, right? Like they're selling you the end result. They're selling you this thing that they think that you're going to want. Another example, and this one's just from yesterday. I was watching, I think, one of the NBA playoff games and a commercial comes on. And you know, those commercials where you don't even know what it's about until the very end. 
this was one of those. And it was just showing a bunch of different people arriving at what seemed like different hotels, but all of a similar vibe and similar uh, style. And I remember thinking through, I was like, oh, wow, this must be like a really high-end luxury uh, hotel commercial. And then at the end, it was just for Hotels.com. And I don't think I've ever used Hotels.com, primarily because I think I've just had a pretty poor experience on their website. But if you think about it, they're selling you the end result of being in this really modern and sleek and hip and stylish hotel. They're not selling you what it looks like to be on their website, actually navigating and doing the thing of booking a hotel, right? They're marketing the result that they think you want. We just bought a house. Our real estate agent, as a close friend of ours, knows us really well, knows what we value. When she showed us the house that we bought, she talked very little about the type of wood used to build the house, right? She wasn't talking about the features and all the details, some of which are actually important, and we eventually got to those things. But she talked a lot more about the fun activities that the kids would be able to do in the backyard and the gatherings that we would be able to host on our back patio. And again, like she was speaking to the end results. And as we were thinking about the decision, we were thinking about what are the end results we care about when we purchase a home? And does this fit that? Now, I could go on and on for days giving different examples like this, but I would actually encourage you as you get served ads on your phone, as you see TV commercials, just as an exercise in your business, look at what the thing is that they're actually selling to you. Like ask yourself, what is the end result that they're marketing and start to notice some patterns and some themes. And that's going to be really helpful as you start to apply this to your work. So with that, let's now start to talk about applying this concept, this idea to your marketing. So the first thing that I would just recommend that everybody do is write down in somewhere that's very accessible to you, somewhere that you always have next to you, write down the very specific results that your ideal clients want and value most. And this will be a little bit of a test of how well you know your ideal clients in terms of how quickly the answers to this question come to mind. And maybe you don't even need to write it down because maybe it's top of mind already. But if that's not you, if you're not there yet, it's okay. This is where you start. Because you want to get really good at knowing and articulating in plain English what these things are, what results they care about. So that when people ask you what you do for work, this is actually a compelling thing to share. Like when I meet people uh, and I tell them that I help entrepreneurs make more money and work fewer hours and be more like Jesus, it usually invites some more conversation and it invites curiosity and them questioning and it becomes just a really, really fun thing. Whereas if I just said, oh, I'm a business coach, conversation typically would end at that point. So know what those end results are. And when people ask about what you do, don't give them your title. Tell them about the results that you help people create. That is actually, this is, that's not even just like practice. That is marketing. If you just tell people in conversations. Next, I want to share a framework with you that I use for myself. I give this to my clients all the time. Uh, I originally got kind of the original framework from my coach and have since kind of taken it a couple steps further and given it a little bit of different structure. But here's the general idea. You want to think about things in two categories, before people work with you and after people work with you. And so on the before side, what is your ideal client's life or business or health or website or whatever the thing is that you help them with? What is it like today for your ideal client? 
before they hire you. And here's where the real gold is. Before your ideal client hires you, what are they thinking and feeling and experiencing and what are their current results as it results to their problem, their pain point? Then for the after column, you want to ask basically the same set of questions. What is it that they want their life to look like? What do they wish they were thinking and feeling and experiencing? What are the results that they want? What are the, what do they want their new results to be? And again, that's your marketing material right there. Your job as a marketer is to show them the before and say, Hey, I understand your current situation intimately. You know what's going through their head. You know what they say to their friends at a barbecue or to their cousin at a holiday gathering. You know what goes through their head that they actually won't say out loud to somebody. And then your job is to paint them a picture of what things could be like after they work with you. Show them the after. Describe the new reality that they actually want. And then all your job is from that point is to position your service, working with you and your company as the bridge from that before to the after. Working with you is the bridge between their current reality and the reality that they want in the future. When you market like this, so little of it is about you. And it's so good because yes, the bridge, there is a time to talk about the bridge. There's a time to talk about the importance and instill trust in them that the bridge will in fact get them from point A to point B. But the majority of the marketing is really about the transformation that they want to experience. Two last things that you can do to help yourself apply what we're talking about today. The first one, go through your last week or month of marketing and look for anywhere that you are primarily selling the service that you offer or the features and the knobs and buttons or anywhere that you're using industry jargon that your ideal client might not understand. Ask yourself, how much of your marketing is that? Versus how much of your marketing is speaking to the very tangible results that your ideal clients want and value deeply. And last thing, if you want an idea of how to get into your ideal client's head, here's a a fun thought exercise. Whatever your title is, like whatever you call yourself, right? I'd say I'm a business and mindset coach. Maybe you're a graphic designer. I want you to imagine that there was no such phrase or title. Like that wasn't a concept that people were familiar with. Without knowing what a quote-unquote graphic designer was, what words would your ideal client use to describe their problem? What words would they use to describe the end result that they want to have? Let your answers to those questions guide you away from industry jargon and just language that people aren't going to understand, and let that have you focus on putting your ideal client at the center, putting them at the forefront of your mind. Before we wrap up here, I want to just share a couple of thoughts on what the impact of marketing in this way is. Like, what do you stand to gain from applying this framework and this way of thinking to your marketing? One, people move through your funnel more quickly, right? People move from not knowing you existed to being interested to booking a discovery call with you to hiring you much faster because It's very clear that you are in tune with the result that they want. You are inside of their head. You're building trust with them very quickly. And you're building confidence that you can help them create the result that they want in a much shorter time period. Number two, they're more ready to invest at your price point because they are crystal clear 
on the results that you help them create. And they can make a very quick decision as to whether or not they value that result that they want at the price that you're charging. And number three, they're going to show up to discovery calls with no objections a lot more often. They're just going to be ready to go and you guys are going to jump right into the work. So with that, let's bring this episode to a close. People don't want to buy a car to buy a car. They want a car because they want the freedom to drive anywhere, anytime that they want. People don't go to a therapist just because they want a therapist. They go because they want to experience healing around a broken relationship from their childhood. People don't hire a graphic designer because they just want to hire a graphic designer, right? You get the point. Think about the things that your ideal clients actually want, the things they'd put at the top of their list. How do they talk about it with their friends? How do they talk about it with their family, with their colleagues, with their spouses? What do they think in their head, but don't say out loud to anybody else? Your ideal clients, they want something specific. They want a problem solved and a new reality. Sell them that. It's the most loving thing that you can do. I do this work in depth with my clients. We do copy evaluations and we're continually fine-tuning their marketing. And our, our goal, to be honest, isn't just to improve your marketing and bring more clients in and more sales calls, etc. It's to make you a better marketer because that's something that you get to keep and continue to build on moving forward. My favorite thing when I work with clients in their marketing is probably when they share how the work that we do in their marketing affects how they show up to church on Sunday when they meet somebody new who asks them about their work or how they talk about their business at a family gathering for the holidays. They show up with so much more excitement and enthusiasm and confidence when they get to talk about the results that they help people create. And what they notice is because they're so clear on that and they're so compelled by it to share, they notice that it's a much more memorable conversation for the other person, whether it's their uncle or whether it's a a new person that they randomly met. And it invites so many more questions and curiosity. I mean, what's better than running your own business, doing work that you love, and just really enjoying sharing about the work that you do and the results that you help people create with others? It's just so much fun. There's so much freedom and love in that. So whether you are just starting out your business, looking to create your first handful of clients, or you've got a full client roster and are about to launch a new offer, if you want your best, most ideal clients showing up to work with you without objections, book a discovery call at the link in the show notes or at lenahancoaching.com slash discovery. That's all for today's episode. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you next time on the Renew Your Mind podcast. Mm-hmm.